Hey everybody, this is Scott Colby on for a special teleseminar with fat loss expert Craig Valentine. Uh, I had the opportunity to hang out with Craig uh, this past Friday. He was in, in Texas, went to a Texas Rangers baseball game, and, uh, you know, I figured, well, while, while he's, uh, here in town, maybe connect with him on a upcoming fat loss teleseminar. So we both had an opening today in our schedule, and Craig is coming out with a uh, new veggie meal plan that we'll talk a little bit about midway through this call. But uh, Craig was uh, kind enough to make himself available, and we've been taking questions for the last couple of days uh, from you, the listener. We've got a lot of questions coming in. We're going to try to get through as many as we can. So in case you don't know Craig, most of you do, but he's been writing for Men's Health Magazine for over eight years. He's the author of the world-famous Turbulence Training for Fat Loss System. You can find more about that at www.turbulencetraining.com. And Craig has a Master's of Science degree in Exercise Physiology and has been a certified strength and conditioning specialist for over 10 years. Craig creates a new turbulence training workout each month for busy men and women who want to lose fat at home without slow, boring cardio workouts. When Craig is not working, uh, he spends a lot of time with his dog, Valley, who also has six-pack abs. So that's funny. We've all, hopefully, if you're following Craig, you know about his dog, Valley. He's in some of his pictures and uh, stories on Twitter. But, Craig, thanks for uh, joining us here for this call. Ain't no problem, Scott. Awesome. Well, it was good to uh, see you last Friday. We had a good time at the Rangers game, and uh, I joked around that people should ask you what you ate at the game, and uh, a few people did, but we kept it, or Craig kept a vegetarian. I didn't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we had a good time on, in uh, Arlington, Texas here. And, again, like I said, we got a lot of questions coming in. A lot of these questions are kind of pertaining a little bit to being vegetarian and how you can still get the body that you want. Uh, so we'll try to answer some of those as well. And, in fact, the first one comes from Paul in New York. And Paul says, can I build a good body as a vegetarian? So I know, Craig, a lot of times I get questions like, oh, you know, I can't eat protein or, you know, from, from just vegetarian, just, you know, there's a misconception maybe that you're just eating, like, fruits and vegetables and how can you build a good body? So what's the truth, uh, Craig? Can you build a good body as a vegetarian? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to give you some examples of people that have been vegetarians, there's been a guy named Bill Pearl who was a bodybuilder. He became a vegetarian at age 39 and still won the Mr. Universe bodybuilding competition at age 41, two years later. So it's it's quite simple. I mean, it, it gets easier depending on what level of vegetarian you're at as well. But one of the bottom lines that we need to remember and consider is that the actual protein needs that that we have are a lot less than the one gram per pound of body weight that you see thrown around. And, and I mean, I even used to throw that around as well, but that was just mostly for convenience. But you really couldn't find any research study that shows consuming one gram per pound of body or per one gram of protein per pound of body weight gives you any more results in terms of building muscle then really the research shows about 1.2 grams per kilogram, so that's obviously a lot less if you divide that by two. I mean, it's really, at the most, 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And then if you're just a vegetarian who's not eating meat, it's very, very simple. I mean, you still have eggs and milk 
and whey protein if you want to use that stuff to get all the protein you need. Now, if you're going to do the vegan thing, and I've, I've gone very close to doing that, it's still very easy to get a lot of protein. Again, it depends what you're eating, but, you know, most people who eat bread and oatmeal don't realize how much protein is in those foods. And so if you take a look at a package of oatmeal, there's seven grams of protein in that. And a piece of bread is about five grams of protein. And some of the pastas that I've been eating in the last month are giving you about 15 grams per serving. And most people realize that they eat more than one gram or one serving of pasta per when you're sitting down. So, I mean, it's quite easy to build muscle on a vegetarian diet because you are easily going to get enough protein. And I actually have a YouTube video on my channel at youtube.com forward slash cbathletics. And it goes over a whole bunch of stuff that I'm eating in uh, this vegetarian diet and shows you how easy it is to get protein. Beans are another very high source of protein. And, of course, you know, as soon as I say all those foods from beans to, you know, pasta, the whole grain pastas, you know, I'm not eating the white pastas. I was eating much better, you know, whole grain pastas. And so, you know, everybody's now thinking, well, there's too many carbohydrates in that. But really the truth is, there's so much fiber in, in all the foods that you're eating. If you're eating whole grain and not eating the white bread versions of pasta and rice, you're going to get a lot of protein and fiber and complex carbohydrates. You're not going to get sugar, and that's the problem that people generally have is too much sugar in their diet, and that's where the calories add up. But, you know, even if you're not happy with that answer, then you also can take a look at stuff like, uh, the, you know, more into the legumes, and also into stuff like nuts. I mean, you're going to get a lot of protein in nut butter or by eating almonds. You know, you, an ounce of almonds is probably about 5 grams of protein. And again, you don't need 200 grams of protein per day. So most people, you know, if they're 10% body fat, then they probably need 0.5 grams to 0.7 grams of protein. If you are over fat, if you have too much fat in your body, then you simply the worst thing to do would be calculate one gram of protein. If you're 200 pounds and you should be 150, you know, but the right, you have too much body fat, you shouldn't be calculating one gram of protein per pound of body weight. That is not necessary. I mean, on the other hand, I don't think it's, it's really harmful. I think our body is very well built to deal with extra protein, but at the end of the day, you don't need that extra protein. And my friend Brad Pilon, I don't know if you ever interviewed him, Scott, but he's got He's got a really good phrase that he calls protein guilt that a lot of us have, you know, because we've been brainwashed by these supplement ads. And if you have what's called protein guilt, as Brad says, then we go around and think every two hours we have to have protein in our meals and we end up eating extra calories because, you know, we think we have to get these, you know, proteins. So we're doing anything to get extra protein into our body. So, you know, maybe we're getting a protein bar, a meal replacement bar, and eating 300 calories of food just to get 20 grams of protein. And so it's that, you know, complete obsession that we have with protein that drives us to eating extra calories. So at the end of the day, yes, you can get a great body with a vegetarian diet. Uh, there's more and more people becoming vegetarians and more and more people with good physiques. And there's websites on the Internet that you'll find devoted to vegetarian bodybuilding and even vegan bodybuilding and, and athletes and professional sports. There's one UFC fighter who's ripped to shreds who is a full-on vegan. He's, uh, his name is Mac Danzig, and he's in one of those little lightweight categories, 155 pounds and under. But, I mean, 
he's performing in professional sport. There's a guy in the NFL who just went vegan, and uh, the last thing I'll say, this guy isn't, doesn't have a good body, but we're just talking about athletic performance here. The guy who just won the home run derby, Prince Fielder, is at least a vegetarian, if not a vegan. So, you know, he's hitting a lot of home runs, and he's not eating meat. So there's a lot of stuff for us to rethink in terms of how much do we really need meat. And at the end of the day, there's very, very few nutrients that you can't get from plants and that you can get from meat. The only ones pretty much being, you know, vitamin B12 is the one that you really have to have a supplement for or, you know, talk to your doctor and, and get some, you know, help there. Or some of the foods are fortified, but uh, the girl that I work with on these meal plans, Cardina Paza, she actually recommends taking a supplement, specific supplement, because, yes, that is the one nutrient that you can't get simply by eating plants. Everything else you can get, especially with many of the fortified foods that they have these days. Yeah, that's a great uh, answer, uh, Craig. And, and, of course, I'm sure Paul knows, but, you know, we, you and I, Craig, believe in this, a similar type of workouts as well. So not to ignore that completely, we'll talk a little bit more about workouts later on in the uh, call. But, of course, you know, when you're eating vegetarian, you still want to keep up your strength training workouts and your interval cardio training as well. And that's going to get you, that's going to get you the exact body that you want if you just kind of, you know, combine everything, what Craig said about the vegetarian diet with a good strength training and cardio, uh, interval cardio program. <clears throat> um, Melody. Like just to interrupt you there, Scott. Yeah. Uh, just a quick uh, little mention here, but a lot of people are asking me if I, you know, if I have energy and, you know, they when they hear that I'm not eating meat, that's the first one of the first things they ask. The first thing is usually, how do you get enough protein? The second thing is, you know, do you feel like you have enough energy? And and there's absolutely no change in the energy level, so you'll still be able to do those great workouts that Scott mentioned. You, you won't suffer from lack of energy again. It's just there's very few nutrients. You know, with you know the vitamin B12 is the only one that really comes to mind that you can't get on a vegetarian diet. All right, now, Melody out in Hawaii said, I'd like to learn more about the fat-burning vegetarian diet plan. I avoid gluten and am now learning that soy may not be the best source of protein. It, uh, any may have adverse effects on hormones, excuse me, and may have adverse effects on hormones. Would like to hear Craig's comments. Yeah, I don't use soy myself, and, um, you know, Cardina says that some is okay, but certainly you wouldn't want to make your whole diet based around it. And and she also mentions that when you're consuming soy, the best thing to do is to consume it as close to the natural, you know, form that it's in rather than, you know, the processing process uh, that takes all the way through to like a soy protein. So, you know, I certainly don't see any reason that it's mandatory for anyone. And again, going back to all that stuff I just mentioned about the protein, there's a whole bunch of ways for you to get protein without eating a single animal product, but if you are okay with animal products, then you're totally going to get enough protein because you can get your eggs and, and your dairy and that sort of stuff. So, you know, the reason why I started this whole thing in the first place was um, was just a kind of a challenge to, to try it out, to see if I could do it, and to, to learn a lot. And I really, really have learned a lot, and I started out kind of eating the same thing for about the first week, but, you know, once I kind of got doing a, a little bit more researching and getting some help from my friend Cardina and, and, 
you know, from my friends who also are vegetarians and just found so many more foods and, and that you can make really great meals. And in fact, what I did was I chronicled every single meal that I've eaten in the last seven weeks that I've been a vegetarian. I put that together in, uh, you know, when we do that product coming up, I have what I call the lazy man's guide to vegetarian eating. And it, it basically goes over every single meal that I had and, and my workouts and how I felt after these meals and what I learned. And, and some of the neat stuff I'm doing now are the, the blender drinks are a really good idea to get a lot of, a lot of nutrients and a, and a lot of food for me because the one thing that I'll say about the meal plans is that it was really hard for me to eat enough because this stuff is so filling. Now, you can do a vegetarian program wrong. Everybody knows that, you know, you could go and order pizza from Domino's. And, you know, technically that would, you know, as long as you don't have meat on it, you could technically call that a vegetarian pizza and have a soda and, and, you know, you're not eating meat. But everybody listening to this call certainly knows that that's a mistake. So you could obviously gain weight on a vegetarian program. But... On the right vegetarian program where you're not eating processed foods and you're eating whole natural foods, which is the same thing I recommend for someone who eats meat, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables. There's hardly anybody in the world who couldn't benefit from more fruits and vegetables. And when I was doing this program, I just realized, you know, it, it would be around 4 o'clock when I'd have a snack and then around 8 or 9, I wasn't hungry and I had to go and force myself to eat dinner. Now, again, I'm doing... a things that are a lot different than the people listening. I'm trying to gain weight, but it's been very difficult to gain weight because this diet just simply fills you up and you don't have a lot of interest, I guess you would say, or room to, to eat dinner because you have had, you know, your daily equivalent of fiber, which hardly any Americans get, and you get all this fiber, you're very satisfied, and you have all these nutrients. You know, you're getting a lot more fruits and vegetables rather than eating stuff like processed out of a bag or a box. So, it's been a really, really educational and informative seven weeks. And like I said, I'm trying a lot of new things and getting into the blender drinks. Some of them, some of them go okay. Some of them turn out to be uh, failed experiments. Like I had one, actually yesterday and today, I've had two failed experiments with the blender drinks. But it's uh, it's fun and and I really think that a lot of people will get a lot of benefit out of even if they don't go full on vegetarian. Like if you eat meat once every other day instead of eating it twice a day. I really do think that will be helpful to your health over time, um, especially depending on the quality of meat that you eat. Now, certainly, there's going to be plenty of recipes and, and stuff out there that are vegetarian. Like, you can go online and find millions of, of recipes, maybe maybe not millions, but tens of thousands, literally, uh, vegetarian and vegan recipes. So there's lots of other experts out there, and I really think this stuff is catching on. And the last thing I'll say about the veggie meal plans is that, you know, if all health stuff aside, there certainly is something to think about in terms of the resources that we do commit to <clears throat> to the production of meat compared to the production of plants. And, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm, with a cattle farm, actually, a beef farm, and, you know, it, it wasn't certainly like the factory farms you hear about, you know, it was a much smaller farm and, and the animals were treated much better. But at the end of the day, they were grain-fed animals and they do, you know, obviously produce a lot of waste and it probably wasn't the best way of, you know, raising these animals. Uh, my, my dad did give them antibiotic shots and, and so, you know, you hear about that as being people's complaints about the meat that's in the grocery stores these days. 
and you know it's it's tough to say what the right thing. I mean, I'm not an expert in it, and he he was just trying to you know to create an income and uh, you know have a nice farm, and and so that was like you know 15, 20 years ago when you know maybe not everyone knew this stuff, and and uh, he was he was just doing what he thought was right. So you know I have a real firsthand experience with raising animals, and you know I think that when done right, you know it is okay to you know for your health to consume animals, but at the same time, I have done a lot of reading and realized that, you know, a high consumption of processed meats is is well documented to be associated with a risk of cancer. So that's why I highly recommend to people that, you know, they don't have to eliminate meat, but I highly recommend you cut back on meat. And again, not only will that help your health, but that certainly will be uh, helpful to the environment. Thanks, Craig. I was uh, surprised to hear that you just bought a, a, your a blender recently. Before that, you weren't even making any smoothies. Is that right? Yeah, I, I honestly was, you know, like I said, the book is called The Lazy Man's Guide to Vegetarian Eating, and the lazy man inside of me does not like to uh, wash out blenders, but I've actually found that it's not uh, as, as hard of a job that I thought it was going to be. So now I am hooked on the blender drink, and and I do at least one a day, usually two a day. Um, and again, because I'm trying to get more food in there, and it's hard to eat. It's a lot easier to take these foods and blend them all up into a nice you know, smoothie-type drink than it is to try and to eat them all. So that's why I'm using it. But also, you know, it's highly recommended by you know the veg- people that are vegetarian and raw vegan people. They they always like to recommend that people start their days with these. Uh, great smoothies, and, and you know, we, was, we were having a little chat with someone before the call started about, you know, getting more fruits and vegetables into their diet, and, and people always, not always, but I mean, people that are uninitiated to the smoothie uh, style don't, or, you know, they, they balk at thinking, wow, you put spinach in a fruit smoothie? That, that's, that sounds crazy, but, you know, I, I thought it was crazy, too. Two or three weeks ago, I was seeing my friend Jason Ferugia putting, you know, frozen spinach in a smoothie. I'm like, hey, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. <laughs> but but as soon as you do it, I mean, you certainly don't taste spinach at all. Um, you know, if you ever, if people have eaten raw spinach, it's really not a flavorful uh, vegetable. And so that's why it's easy to throw a lot of spinach in there. And, and if you blend it up well, you don't even notice, you know, pieces of spinach. They're very, very tiny. There's just specks of green, and there's a lot of nutrients that you can get in there. And certainly for people that have heard about spinach and the, the power that it has for your health and but have never been able to eat it uh, in one shape or form, I, I prefer it actually in a salad. I'm not a big fan of the cooked spinach. But now, you know, you've got it in there almost invisibly. I mean, I, I sound like my mom when I was a kid, you know, her trying to get me to eat some some. Actually, I would never eat onions, but she would always say, oh, you never taste it. And I would always argue back, well, why put it in there? But, you know, so <laughs> so, so now I'm saying that I'm being my mom here and preaching to everybody to, to try some smoothies if you want to get more fruits and vegetables into your diet and throw in spinach. And, and trust me, you know, if you just want to take it slow, put a, a leaf or two in, and then eventually you'll be putting in a handful. And it will help, you know, obviously get the nutrients and you will benefit and you won't notice it. I promise you that. Yeah, I found it. It's a great smoothies are a great way that I found, like you said, to get uh, you know several servings of fruits and vegetables in in one shot. And uh, yeah, I definitely like them. I drink uh, one or two every day. 
Um, Teresa in Crystal Lake says, I love the idea of having a homemade smoothie daily. Uh, speaking of smoothies, uh, typically I will have one with fresh strawberries, blueberries, and blackberries mixed with act- Activia light yogurt with fiber and even adding a protein powder periodically. I find it refreshing and energizing. However, is there a better choice of fruits or veggies that I could or should be using? And should I keep or kick the yogurt? I use this as my midday snack and make it at work. So convenience and time are especially important. I think she's doing a great job there. I mean, there's really any, hard to argue about anything she's done there. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we all have to go back and just take a look at calories in, calories out. You know, the, in the majority of cases, that is really what counts. And as long as this fits in her plan, I think she's doing a great job, and she doesn't have to toss the yogurt if she doesn't want to. I mean, I don't use yogurt, but I use almond milk. And, again, most people are probably thinking, almond milk, what the heck is that? You know, does that taste as bad as it sounds? And it doesn't. It actually doesn't have much of a taste at all. But, you know, that might be an alternative if she wants to eliminate dairy products in the future or now or whatever. If she ever wants to try and play around with that, it's it's something to consider. And there's, you know, you can uh, get some people arguing and, and saying that she should maybe try the kefir stuff, K-E-F-I-R, which is another similar product to uh, yogurt with the with the um, healthy bacteria in it. So she might consider trying trying that stuff. But as for her fruits, I mean, she's doing a great job. And, and at, you know, the the general recommendation is to always try and have a, a wide variety of nutrients in her smoothies. So she might try the spinach thing, um, and she might try and throw in a different type of fruit, you know, but she really does actually have some very high antioxidant fruits there. So it's, you know, I'm just, you know, nitpicking here to really criticize what she's doing because on a scale of one to ten, it's, you know, it's like a nine and a half. So she's doing a great job. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think the berries that she's eating, you know, I think berries are the highest um, antioxidant type of fruit that you can have. So yeah, like the blueberries, the blackberries, raspberries are so high in antioxidants. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I tried a spinach smoothie last night with a mango in it, and that was the first time I had tried that. It turned out really good. Um, so mango is another uh, fruit that, I, uh, that I've used. Yeah, I threw uh, peaches in today, and I threw uh, pineapple in yesterday. And I, I usually throw banana in as well. But, I mean, like you said, you can't go wrong. Tara in New London, Connecticut, and Tara's listening, she says, hi, thanks for doing this seminar. I'm 34 years old and 215-pound female, and have been a vegetarian, lacto-ovitarian for the last 18 years. I wanted to know if one is eating healthy, like no chips, fries, Coke, sweets, etc., 80% of the time, how important uh, it is to pair your food correctly. I have a good workout regimen, but haven't been able to lose any weight. It's been at least uh, since April of this year. I'm at a point where I'm just frustrated and want to give up. Please help. So she's eating well, uh, 80% of the time, but how, how important it is to pair your food correctly. So she's not really going to like my answer because, in my opinion, 80% isn't going to cut it in most in most cases. I mean, if you want advanced results, you really do have to take advanced measures is, is a phrase I like to say. And 
So if things are struggling at 80%, then the bottom line is to get it up to 90%. And I'm not sure what she means by eating well at 80%, uh, but, you know, I would, you know, if it means she's eating stuff like, you know, pizza-type calories for the other, you know, 20% or, you know, extra sugar, you know, added sugar, not sugar from fruit. But I would be a little stricter. You know, I would focus as hard as possible to eat more fruits and vegetables and replace all other carbohydrates with fruits and vegetables as much as possible. And those are the main changes I would make right now. And I'm not 100% sure what she means by pairing the fruit, pairing the foods properly, but, um, but the number one thing is it's going to take a better effort than 80% to get the, to get the results she wants. And Craig, you know, I know I've, I've talked about this in some, in some of my teleseminars is, uh, you know, sometimes people think they're eating healthy and, you know, I've talked a lot about cereals and, um, so like some of these heart healthy cereals, if you really look at the ingredients, uh, it, it, they contain a lot of junk in there, like some high fructose corn syrup and things like that, that, you know, she and, and a lot of other people may be counting that as part of the 80% that's eating healthy. And I think some of those foods kind of trick us uh, because of what they say on the box, you know, or like even something like fat-free wheat then. So you see wheat and you see fat-free, and uh, but if you look at the ingredients, there's a lot of junk in there. So... If some of those foods are being considered as part of the 80% healthy, I don't really think they should be, and that could be where some problems are, are coming into play as well. You make a great point there. On so many levels, that everyone should be monitoring their food a little bit better and writing it down. I, I learned a lot about myself in the last seven weeks by writing every meal down in this little ebook that I put together. And, you know, I was going through it today, and I realized, you know, for my goals, again, they're opposite of what most people want to do. I want to uh, increase my muscle size and get bigger and stronger. And I realized today that on certain days I was not eating enough. And if I had not written that down, I'd be sitting here saying, you know, I'm I'm following the plan 90% of the time. But, you know, the truth is I was probably off, you know, from some travel days or from, you know, on some weekends where – you just didn't stick to the schedule as well. So people should write their stuff down, write their food intake down, keep a food journal, maybe use something like fitday.com to record their calories, and, again, get to know what they're eating a lot more. Read those labels a little harder, like Scott said, and just be a little bit more diligent. And you don't have to do this forever. You don't have to be the type of person who's weighing their food for the rest of their life. What I always say is usually it takes about, you know, 7 to 14 days to get a really good handle on how many calories are in many foods. And then you can relax and, and cut back and, and not be so, you know, strict about portions and stuff because you can eyeball things a lot better. But it should help you burst through a, a fat loss plateau just by being more diligent with your food intake, recording things, you know, getting to know, uh, getting a little bit more of an education, and that will really help you in the long run. Yeah, I actually took it a step further uh, last week, Craig. I think I told you, you know, I took pictures <laughs> of every food that I ate uh, last Monday, and I put them on Facebook. And while it sounds funny, and I was just kind of doing it a little bit for the en- entertainment value, it really, you know, it really made me think twice about what I was eating that day, how often I was eating, knowing, you know, 
kind of take it one step further, you know, a food journal that yeah, not only am I seeing, but a food journal that anybody who came across my Facebook page could see. And so it kept me more accountable when I knew other people were going to be looking at it and, you know, possibly commenting on it. So that's yeah, a great thing. A few things I just want to say there, Scott. Sorry to interrupt you, but there was actually a research study that came out uh, last fall, I believe, and I think you might be able to find out more about it by Googling either picture diet or photo diet because the researchers found that when people, there was two groups, and I think the one group had to take photos of what they ate and the other group didn't, and the group that did take photos stuck to their diet more. And, again, I think it came back to what you said is that then they were being more, they had to be more accountable to other people and, and you know, sharing what they were eating, and they did not want to take photos of, you know, a huge plate of nachos at TGI Fridays and, and share that with people. So doing that, you know, it does sound a little a little weird, but, um, you know, it's it's going to help you out. Even if you only don't do it for a long time, you do it for a day or something, you will get on a better uh, track of habits, I believe. So really, really great point there, Scott. And the other thing is, you know, make sure you do have someone that you are being held accountable to. Yeah, accountability really made a big difference. Now, Craig, I know on your uh, your veggie meal plans website right now, since we're talking about you know maybe foods that some of our listeners are eating and maybe should not be eating, you have a report um, that lists ten foods you must not eat on a uh, on a weight loss diet. Ten vegetarian foods. So I wanted to direct people to your website and uh, so they can pick up that report. Um, if you go to www.theabsexpert.com forward slash veggie, V-E-G-G-I-E, uh, Craig is giving away this free report, the uh, 10 foods that you must not eat on a weight loss diet. So, again, that's www.theabsexpert.com forward slash veggie. And before we get into the uh, the next question, Craig, you know, a lot of folks listening you know, following you or following me and realize that you have a veggie meal plans product coming out next week. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of um, opportunity to let people know what's actually in the uh, meal plan program. Yeah, certainly. And one thing I have to say is I actually have to apologize because um, one of the questions that you sent me asked a question about this topic I'm about to discuss here. We actually prepared a set of sample veggie meal plans for people that dropped by the site last week, and I did not give people enough credit for how advanced they were. So what we provided was more of a beginner's or basic meal plan um, that included a little bit of eggs and included a little bit of dairy products. And, and it turns out that we got a lot of feedback, including one of the questions sent in to you today, about you know getting access to stuff that didn't depend on you know, any whey protein shakes or, um, you know, dairy or eggs. And so what we've done is we've actually stepped it up with the product that we're going to have available next week. So the meal plans are actually full-on vegan, which means no animal products, and there's going to be a set of alternative meals in those cases, in some cases for people that do want to have, you know, still have eggs or dairy in their in their um Meal plan. So that is a 90-day meal plan program for men and women. It's a weight loss meal pro, uh, meal plan program, obviously. 
And there's also some cool stuff that we have in addition to it, including 101 vegan recipes. So the expert, Cardina Paza, went through her files and put together 101 of the best meal plans. And then we've got, we've got one other really cool bonus. There's a bunch of other things, including my lazy man's guide to vegetarian eating. But we did this interview yesterday that turned out really, really cool. And what it is, is no, I don't think anybody's ever done this before, but I've experienced probably the most negative feedback out of anything I've ever done by doing these vegetarian meal plans. Uh, hate mail, I would say close to, to threatening emails from people who just are so upset with me that I'm not eating meat. And I don't know why it bothers them so much, but, but I understand that people will get these types of questions. So we actually did this entire hour-long interview going over how to uh, defend your vegetarian diet. So it's a really cool interview with me and Cardina and talking about, you know, the most common questions you're going to get, such as, oh, you're not going to have enough protein or you're not going to have enough energy or you're not, you know, that's not healthy. And so we, we put together and we gave answers for people that are, are vegetarian about how to address those hostile people. So I thought that was pretty funny and pretty cool. And we're doing another quick start guide for the beginner vegetarian. So there's that and a, and a few other things. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is I just get probably five emails a day from people into our into my forum or into my Facebook or into my email inbox at home from people who want to lose weight but want a vegetarian diet. And I've been getting these for months and months and months, years now, really. So we finally went and, you know, found an expert, Cardina, and had her put together a program for, for those people because almost every nutrition book I've ever stumbled across is very meat-heavy, very protein-heavy. So we just want to come up with an alternative for people. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, put, are putting out the product, Craig, because I get that question a lot as well. It's uh, one of the, uh, I think, one of my top maybe three or four questions that I get on a weekly basis is from people who are, are vegetarian. They don't know what type of uh, protein they can eat. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm glad that you, you know, we've kind of answered a lot of that on this call, but you answer that in your program. So what... Uh, Listeners, what you should be doing is uh, go to Craig's website, um, theabsexpert.com forward slash veggie. Pick up his uh, free report. Uh, you can do that right now, uh, top ten uh, uh, food that you shouldn't be eating on a weight loss program, and then Craig will let you know exactly when the meal plan program is launched next week. And back to the questions here, Donna in Atlanta, she um this is a great question. So she said, I understand you were following a vegetarian diet. How long have you been following it, and what steps did you take to transition into this lifestyle? So I know a lot of people wondering how to really get started into a vegetarian uh, diet program. That's a, that is a great question. And I've been doing no meat in my diet since I returned from Vegas. So that was the end of May. So actually, when I was in Vegas, I was eating, like, steak every night. And I and if anybody's ever ve gone to Vegas, they they come back and they go, okay, this is you know that was that was pretty indulgent. And Got a so, detox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you know, I, and I was, you know, we were sitting by the pool, and I'd be drinking Gatorades all day, and and I just I called it diet creep, and everybody has that diet creep, especially people who are who have done my transformation contest, and they've lost you know thirty pounds. 
And then I hear from them three months later and say, I'll gain like 10 pounds back because we let the bad things creep back into our diet. So that was happening to me. And I just said on Monday, June 1st, you know, no caffeine. Uh, I'm going to take the month off meat. Um, no dairy, no alcohol, no added sugar, no processed foods. And so, you know, I just said that for some reason on, on Twitter and Facebook, and I realized, well, I guess I'm stuck with that now. Um, I wanted to do the no meat, but I put all those other restrictions on. Now, going back a little bit in time beyond that, I've actually been only eating meat maybe three times per week for the last year or so, I would think. Uh, so it has been, it wasn't a huge, huge step for me. I mean, it, it is tough around 6 o'clock because I live in a, in a five-story condominium here in Toronto, and everybody fires their barbecues up around 6 o'clock. So that's when it's kind of tough. It makes you think that you want to go and have a piece of meat. Um, but really, when I sit down to the meals, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. So there's not a lot of – well, there's actually no deprivation there. But, you know, so it's been a year that I was kind of doing the, the no meat or the uh, very limited meat. And then, you know, beyond – before that, it was probably a couple years of maybe five times per week I'd be eating meat. I mean, it's it's not like I was eating meat twice a day. You know, I mean, when I go home to my to my mom's house, she she certainly is eating meat at least every day, if not twice a day. So if I spend a weekend there, then you know I was much more used to the meat. But for me, it wasn't a huge change. So very good question. I think for a lot of people, you know, you you don't. And again, I don't really believe that you have to go full-on vegan or that you have to never eat meat again, because I'm certainly not not going to ever eat meat again. I think that well, you know, high-quality, well-prepared meat is okay, just not probably as much as we are used to eating. And so, for people who are, you know, interested but don't think they can do it, well, I mean, just start. That's fine. Just start by reducing your meat to maybe, you know, a nice Sunday dinner and maybe once during the week, and I don't think you'll find that to be quite difficult at all. Yeah, and I, I've never gone vegetarian, Craig, but I have, like, for years I've gone through a period where I didn't eat red meat, um, so that could be another way that people start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many different stages of vegetarianism. I mean, some people only eat fish. And some people don't eat red meat, and some people, um, you know, don't eat fish or red meat or chicken, they, but they do consume, you know, the lacto-ovo is, uh, you know, they consume milk and eggs, which is probably one of the more common ones. So, you know, it's, it's up to everybody to find their comfort zone. But at the end of the day, just make sure that you're really, really cutting back and if not eliminating all the processed meats, you know, the stuff like sausage. I mean, that literally has been well-documented in scientific studies to be associated with an increased risk of colon cancer. So I would be very, very cautious about adding that type of stuff in my diet. Uh, Harris has two questions. Actually, the first one is a training question, so that will be a, a good change of pace. Harris wanted to know, uh, I'll, I'll just ask the first question here, how important are intervals when doing Craig's six-month body weight manual? Well, the intervals are included in there, but he does have a good question because those bodyweight workouts are a little higher in volume because, you know, we're not using weight, so there is more repetitions in there. 
And the workouts are a little bit longer than, you know, the, the classic turbulence training programs, which are 45 minutes. So these bodyweight ones with intervals can be about 55 minutes. So, you know, if you have your diet really dialed in and really doing well and, and you know what to eat and, you, and you're able to stick to your calorie requirements, you can actually get great results without doing all of the interval training. So you might only do a, a little bit less or you might do it uh, with less frequency, but the interval training is less important to that program than maybe in some of the other programs that I have. And the second question was, how healthy are the, quote, sweet fruits like banana, mangoes, and or dates? Well, they're certainly healthy. I mean, I think what he probably is asking is about fat loss. Should those be included? And, you know, I went through a period of time where I thought, you know, these things are very sweet and mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they're obviously quick increase in sugar into your bloodstream. But at the end of the day, I, I think I was overthinking things, and I really don't think that those need to be excluded at all from a fat loss program, and they can be uh, a part of everyone's diet, even if they're trying to lose body fat. I don't think there's any problem with that. Again, just make sure that it, when you're done the day, that your calories are under the limit that you need, and you make sure that you've easily gotten as much protein as you need, which is very, very simple, and you're getting some healthy fats, and... You know, the rest of the stuff should be avoiding processed foods. So you're, you're going to have no problem losing fat. And again, most people that are always worried about fruits, like for example, I live beside a park and these people run a boot camp beside, uh, beside the park. And one day I, I heard these women walking home from the boot camp and this one girl was advising the other girl on how she should not eat watermelon, you know, because they were trying to lose weight. And, and it really is, you know, this fruit has gotten a bad rap in terms of, you know, how it's going to affect your fat loss and your weight loss. I mean, the last thing those girls really need to be worried about is watermelon. I mean, really what they probably need to be worried about is calories in their coffee, um, you know, Thursday nights and Friday nights and Saturday nights when they go out with workmates or friends and consume, you know, five or 600 calories in alcoholic drinks or mixed drinks. I mean, those are your calories that you have to watch out for, not the ones from watermelon. Yeah, and there's so many good, you know, nutrients in fruit. And you and I have both got great results with our fat loss and getting six-pack abs. And I know you eat a lot of fruit, and so do I. So it certainly has yeah, our I'm, I'm at least double-digit servings of fruit. I, I would say like 10 servings of fruit a day. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, let's see. Wait, I don't know if I can pronounce this name. Pan Pankaj Lakani, sorry if I didn't pronounce that right, says, Hi, Craig. Being a vegetarian, eating no fish, but eating dairy products, fruits, and vegetables, how do you reduce the cholesterol levels? Well, for that one, you know, our cholesterol levels are, are have two components to it, dietary and then genetic. So if you're down to just the dairy products in your diet, then you should look and see how much cholesterol is in those products and see if you can't, if you eliminated those, how it would change. Also, you know, increasing your fiber intake will help you reduce your cholesterol levels. And then if things still don't change, then you really need to talk to your doctor because, you know, it's a little bit outside of our scope to be recommending, you know, that type of uh, information on how to help people 
lower their cholesterols. But, but you know, if you're that's all the, the animal products that you're taking in, you really shouldn't have a high cholesterol because of dietary consumption because cholesterol is only found in animal products. So everything else you're eating is not an animal product, if, and you have high cholesterol, then it's probably not a dietary issue. It's probably a genetic issue. And just want to mention, in case people just joined us and missed, uh, Craig has a free report, 10 Vegetarian Foods You Should Avoid on a Weight Loss Program. You can go to www.theabsexpert.com forward slash veggie. Uh, let's see, Harold in Kansas City says, no matter how much exercise I get or how I watch my diet, my weight never seems to change. I do cardio and lift weights. Any ideas? Can you say that one again? Uh, yes. So, Harold said, no matter how much I exercise, it, it didn't really give a lot of specifics, Craig, but he said, no matter how much I exercise uh, I get, you know, how much exercise I do, or how I watch my diet, my weight never seems to change. I do cardio, and I lift weights. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, that is a tough question because there's so many, so much, you know, it's so vague, but... You know, at the, my beliefs are that you don't need to do a lot of exercise to get results if your diet is as good as most people think it is. And I'm probably not going to make a lot of friends with this answer to the people on the call, but most people are not truthful about how good their eating habits are. I mean, I'm a professional, and I've hung around professional trainers at the gym, and I've watched what they eat, and they're supposed to be professionals. And, you know, sometimes they don't know better, and sometimes, you know, they just don't overcome the temptation. So I think a lot of people are not eating as well as they think they are. So, I mean, really, we'd have to have a really good look at the details of the diet. One of the best things you can do, as we mentioned before, is to keep some type of food journal because it's really essential, especially in the first couple weeks, as you educate yourself and you find out how many calories really are in certain foods and portions, you're going to find out a lot about yourself, and that could answer the problems right there. And then being accountable to other people, so posting that in the forum, or, you know, there's so many free forums on the Internet or where people come together and help one another out. And, in fact, one of the research studies that I came across, I think it was last year, maybe the winter before last year, it showed that, the more often people went to a weight loss forum on the Internet, the, the better they lost weight because they had that accountability. So they were checking in. They were posting their information and getting feedback. They were being accountable. So maybe he just needs a bit of accountability to someone, a friend in person, in the real world, or maybe online, and just posting and posting and posting and getting people to you know give feedback. And then you can use Twitter. You can use Facebook. You can use free forums. You can use anything you want. But try and do something like that because, you know, I spent a whole bunch of time there answering the nutrition component because I really believe that's probably where the real problem lies. And then if once you get that put together, then I highly recommend the style of training that Scott's also in agreement with where you're doing short burst exercise. We don't have to do high volumes. It's, a, it's similar to the protein situation. You don't have to have high volumes of protein like we've been told in the magazines, we don't have to do high volumes of exercise. We want to do quality training and 
get our workouts done as quickly as possible, and then we want to stay active on our off days. I know one of the questions that you sent me that I don't think we're going to have time to answer was about, you know, someone asked, you know, do I really have to stay active on my off days? You know, can I just, you know, sit around? Well, the reason we ask, why we ask people to be active on their off days is simply for their health, health reasons and also gives you an opportunity to move about and do what the human body is meant to do, and that's to move about, not sit in a chair, sit in a car seat, and then come home and sit in a lazy chair, and that is not good for our bodies. We end up very tight and restricted and immobile. So I highly recommend first first step is to go back, do the food journaling. Second step, get accountability. And third step, look at increasing the intensity of the training sessions. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with your answer on the, the uh, support, how important that is, Craig. I had a I put together a coaching program once, and it included um, a forum, and it also included uh, I put people in these uh, mastermind groups where they had to call, you know, uh, a line once a week. And the people found the same result, the people that participate in the forum on a regular basis and the ones that showed up on the mastermind support calls, they got the best result out of everybody in the program. So that's something that's not stressed probably enough, but is just as important, I believe, as your your, your nutrition and your exercise. Absolutely. Um, Chris out in Sacramento, this question is a little bit long, but I'll get through it all here. Chris wanted to know, I used to eat a vegan diet until I ran into some low-energy problems. Uh, I added meat and poultry and fish back into my diet a few years ago. I have tried to follow the protein at every meal type of program, meaning plenty of animal protein, for the last year or so to lose the extra weight. I wasn't happy with, uh, excuse me, to lose the extra weight I wasn't happy with. I've had a tough time losing the weight, although it's finally slowly coming off. Recently, I've heard you and others promoting more of a vegetarian way of eating. I'd like to eat less animal protein. Also, I cannot eat dairy. I noticed that a lot of the veggie meal plan meals contain dairy. What would you recommend for somebody who wants to get and stay trim and fit on more of a vegan diet? I don't think I want to go totally vegan again. I just like to eat a lot less of the animal protein. Thanks. Yeah, so it's a great question, and it kind of sums up what we've talked about all throughout the call. Now, I'm not a big protein shake fan, but there is vegan protein shakes, such as rice protein. There's hemp protein powder made from hemp. Um, there's pea protein, and I think there's one called the, a, a brand name pro, called the Sun Warrior Protein, I think, which is a, a blend of those. And so if you want to eliminate dairy whey protein shakes, you can go that route, and you know you can eliminate some of the need for meat in your diet because you know, you're getting the protein. But again, going all the way back to the start of the call, most people don't need as much protein as they think they do, and they will be getting plenty of protein from foods that are surprisingly high in protein. So, you know, the beans, some of the pastas, the whole wheat, the whole grain, whole wheat pastas that have a lot of fiber that fill you up, that don't make you go back for like three plates of the stuff, and so that you're not going to overeat them. I think people would be pleasantly surprised that, you know, if they can eat grains on their diet, then, you know, they don't have problems with grains and digesting and that sort of stuff, then they will be pleasantly surprised that they might be able to eat a little bit more pasta. And and uh, one of the pastas that I came across in my little 
seven-week journey here was one that was called Kamut Pasta. I think that's how you say it. I'm probably wrong. I, I get everything else wrong. Uh, but it's K-A-M-U-T, and it is a wheat that is apparently lower in gluten. And it, from the stuff that I saw on the Internet, 70% of people that have gluten sensitivity can consume this Kamut Pasta without any problems. It is, you know, in, in whatever... Uh, grain products they make out of the, that specific grain. So again, it's spelled K-A-M-U-T, and apparently it, it uh, does not cause gluten sensitivity. So there's that opportunity. There's also the quinoa, the Q-U-I-N-O-A, which is another grain that's higher in protein and has less of the, the gluten sensitivity problems. So there's another higher pro- high protein opportunity right there. The beans from kidney beans to black beans, those are both really high in protein. And Men's Fitness actually ranked black beans as the, high, uh, the cheapest source of protein per 10 grams of serving, per 10 grams serving. So I think it was like 13 cents or something for 10 grams of protein uh, when you're buying black beans. So very, very cheap there. And then, again, there's the nuts that will be uh, giving you some protein. But, you know, in the middle of the call we talked about you know, you can still eat animal protein maybe once, maybe just have it once per week. And I'm not sure why you had the low energy problems there before, but I think maybe with uh, a little more education and taking a look at some of these additional products, maybe getting into some <clears throat> extra fruits and vegetables and smoothies and all this other stuff, then certainly you won't have a problem with energy and you won't have a problem with protein and you'll really be getting great results. You'll be leaner, have more energy, and avoiding all the possible negative side effects that come with eating meat. You know, you worry about food preparation, getting sick from, you know, undercooking meat and all that type of stuff. So there's certainly a lot to be said from switching over to the vegetarian diet. And and, uh, hopefully with those little tips that things will work out for you. Awesome. Uh, Craig, let me uh, wrap up with one more question. It came in, and I know you just mentioned nuts, and you and I both eat nuts. Um, If you could just shed some light. Melody in Hawaii, uh, you had answered her question about gluten and soy, she said, I'm looking forward to checking out your meal plans, but I also love nuts, especially with fruit. I recognize the need for omega-3s. Would I be defeating myself by eating too many nuts? Interesting question. A really good question. It's common, common belief, but I just came across a research study that showed, and it was a, it was a review of all these other research studies that had people consume extra nuts, and not one of those studies found that people gained weight. What they found was people either stayed the same weight or lost weight by adding nuts to their diet. And the first time I found a study like this was back in 2001, where they had people replace a certain amount of complex carbohydrates, which we generally consume to be very helpful for weight loss and for health, um, so they had people take about 200 calories of complex carbohydrates out of their diet and put in 200 calories worth of almonds, and they found that these people lost weight. So there's something about the almonds, whether it's the additional fiber filling you up and helping you avoid eating too much later on, which is probably the main factor, pardon me, probably the main factor in helping people you know, control their calorie intake and actually end up losing weight despite eating high-calorie nuts, which most people get concerned about. So personally, I probably eat um, pecans and almonds the most. I also eat uh, 
pistachios, those are a great snack. You know, if people go to the movies or watching movies at home and you want a good snack and you don't want to, you know, stick your hand in a thing of popcorn or chips or pretzels or whatever, I mean, if you get a bag of pistachios and you have to open the little suckers, it's a really good way of, you know, controlling your calorie intake and controlling your food intake because you'll just get eventually tired of trying to open the little things. But it keeps your hands busy, which is generally what people want when they're watching a movie. They just want something to do with their hands. And, uh, you know, that goes back to what, you know, the, everybody wanted to know what I ate at the ball game. Well, I did eat one of those big pretzels because when I was a kid, I liked eating those big pretzels at sporting events. But at the end of the game, we also got a big bag of those peanuts in the shell. And, you know, we just sat there, uh, you and I and, and in those bleachers there, and we cracked open probably 20, 30, 40 peanuts. And we ate those. Again, it just kept our hands busy while we were watching the game. And so there's a whole bunch of healthy nuts. I prefer that you get them raw and not roasted. You definitely don't want to get nuts that have been roasted in oil. Um, I don't even like to get the dry roasted nuts anymore. I just stick to the raw nuts. And I even use the almonds in smoothies. I mean, those things get chopped up pretty well. I also use sunflower seeds for that's another decent source of protein to put in smoothies. And cashews, sometimes I'll buy those. Just going into my cupboard right now to see if there's anything I left out. But those are the main ones that I eat, the, the almond, almonds and pecans. Cashews I haven't eaten in a while, but another great nut. So lots of opportunity there to get healthy fats, small amount of carbohydrate and protein and fiber to fill you up. And again, it's counterintuitive, but you will not, you should not gain weight. You probably won't gain weight. In fact, you probably will lose weight by adding more nuts to your diet. And, and the great thing about Cardina is, you know, I'm just a very straightforward, well, you just eat, you know, you put your hand in a bag and eat some almonds. But she's got these, all these great recipes where, you know, when I went to see her, I actually went to a raw restaurant with her and had raw linguine and meatballs. Of course, it wasn't real linguine and it wasn't real meatballs, but they made the meatballs out of nuts that they chopped up and held together with something. I can't remember. But, I mean, there's there's all these people all over the world who have, you know, dedicated their their lives to making vegetarian versions of meat products. It's kind of funny. And, and so the raw food and, and vegetarian, you're going to get some, a real interesting exposure to that in the meal plans. But uh, speaking of that, I actually have to run off and do a call with Tardina right now. So uh, hopefully that's the last question, Scott, and hopefully everyone got a lot of a lot of information out there. I mean, you learned everything that I learned in the last seven weeks, which has been a lot of information about how to eat better and how to have a high-variety vegetarian diet. I was really, really happy about what I learned in the last seven weeks. Yeah, this was a great call, Craig, and I appreciate you uh, making the time and uh, also appreciate you you know, referencing research articles and making sure you stay on top of things. We had a lot of questions that have come in, and uh, we'll do. We'll get you back in another time and answer all of our workout questions. I would love you to have you back on as a, a guest uh, another that'd, time. Yeah, that'd be great, Scott. No problem. Perfect. And one last uh, thing, everybody, make sure you check out Craig's free report: Ten Vegetarian Foods Not to Eat on a Weight Loss Diet. Just go to www theabsexpert.com forward slash veggie. want to thank Craig Valentine once again, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, Scott. Bye, Craig.